Peace family, welcome to this month's Astro Audio. Here we take a moment to engage in the alchemy that lives within and surrounds us. I am your host, Safi, one-seventh of Team Ascendance. Let's ascend. Raise up, get yourself together, and drive that monkey soul. When I say Sagittarius, I drive that monkey soul. Hey, hey y'all, <laughs> happy cancer season, happy birthday cancer, yes, we are in the Walters, we are in the Walters, welcome, 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 for those of y'all who are new, you got, you about to learn today, you know what I'm saying, and for those of y'all who are uh, returning. Thank you so much for doing that, and I'm excited to be here. So, let's get straight into it. What we do here first is we honor the ancestors. Um, to give you just a little bit of information about astrology, for those of us who do astrology, we study the earth. We study the stars, period. And for those of us who study the earth, we understand that the earth is transient. It is always changing. It is going from one thing to another, holding spaces for everything. It is also holding space for feminine energy and masculine energy in one vessel. Ascending sometimes, not really, ascending in one, you know, ascending in more femininity or more masculinity, but knowing it, a fundamental understanding that it is all one. It is one body. Um, and so for those of us who understand that, we can talk freely about all of the things because we talking from an earth-based definition of what these things mean, all right? Little disclaimer. So for the feminine energy, we will be honoring for cancer, Miss Sylvia Riviera. She was born... July 2nd, 1951, in New York City. Bop, 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 stand up. She transitioned February 19th, 2002. Miss Riviera is a Latin, Latinx American, um, one of Puerto Rican and Venezuelan descent. She is a gay liberation, transgender rights activist one of the founding members of the Gay Liberation Front, Miss Sylvia and her round, which is her best friend, Marsha P. Johnson, who will learn more about come Virgo season, founded the Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, also known as STAR. Uh, the father left mom and Miss Sylvia early in the game, and the mother would commit suicide and try to take Sylvia with her at age three, but Sylvia, Miss Sylvia would survive and the grandmother would raise Miss Sylvia, but did not approve, of course, of a young child wearing lipstick in the fourth grade. Age 11, Miss Riviera began living on the streets and would work as a child prostitute until some drag queens took her in. Her life was full of um, highs, really epic highs and epic lows. She struggled with alcohol for a great majority of her life. It wasn't until a specific love 
came into her life and what love can do transform her addiction to alcohol. She had a very high raise at the end of her life, becoming reactive in the movement um, and started to work with churches and feeding homeless folks. And on her deathbed, she gave statements why trans folks or gender variant folks needed to be included in the Sonda bill. This was a bill that all queer folks wanted to pass because the Sonda bill prohibits discrimination on the basis of actual and perceived sexual orientation in employment, housing, public accommodation, education, credit, and the exercise of civil rights. The Sonda bill also added the term sexual orientation to the list of specific specifically protected to the list of specifically protected characteristics in various state laws including human rights laws civil rights laws and the education law this bill was started in 1971 and was passed in january 28 2002 that is 31 years it took 31 years for this bill to pass. Like how many of us can stay behind the cause for 31 years? And it was like Miss Sylvia was waiting for this bill to pass because she would stay alive for almost a month after the bill passed. So we give thanks for her energy. We give thanks for her life. We give thanks for her love. We give thanks for her ability to look out for the ones who are thrown away. Um, and also to do that while battling her own struggles and her own inner conflicts. We, we salute her, Mojuba. For the masculine energy, we will be honoring Mr. Arthur Ashe Jr. Born January 10th, 19. I mean, January, excuse me, born July 10th, 1943. Both of them born July. Um, in Richmond, Virginia. Stand up, home state, birth state. Um, he transitioned February 6th, 1993 in New York City. Immediately, this brought divine cancer energy, the mother. My mother loved Arthur Ashe absolutely loved and was a physical educator so it was very important growing up in my house to acknowledge the people who broke barriers and this is one but to get reintroduced to his story as an adult woman whoo was amazing so let's get into it he was raised during segregation and he could not play on many courts and he was cold. He was cold from birth, you dig? Like from a young boy, he was out here killing the game, but couldn't play on many courts because of segregation. Thanks to the works of those of like Dr. Johnson, who we'll learn more about eventually, um, he got tennis or got him specifically, or but others to be able to play championships in integrated high schools. So come integration or become, well, coming high school, uh, Mr. Ash was able to start playing championships in these high school levels. This still though meant, you know, long drives from ch championship games to where they were from, not being able to stop because this integrated tennis team would not be able to find accommodations 
uh, in hotels for all of them, right? But this is nothing new, especially to the ones like Athena Gibson, Mojuba, who would sleep in cars while winning world championships around the world, okay? But he would work through that. He would get accepted to UCLA and be part of their tennis team. Um, upon graduating, I think he got a bachelor's in like business or something. He went into the armed forces, which was like, hold up. You've been winning these championships. Everybody's ready for you to go professional and you're going to go to the war. You're going to go in the military. What is wrong with you? But this is what he deems he wanted to do. And he was very conservative, um, very shy, very, um, reserved um and a lot now he's coming back he you know did his first round now he's back and the world is booming this is the black uh, movement liberation this is civil rights time and this young arthur ash is reserved and quiet you know a lot of people referred to him as a uncle tom so much so that one time jesse jackson called him out and was just kind of like, yo, you need to start being more vocal with your platform, you know? And he was like, while you speak, I let my racket speak for myself. And that's exactly what he did. He would do things like going to the apartheid or going to play in South Africa while the apartheid was happening. And this was this was crazy um, to do at that time. But he knew he needed to do it. He wanted to be seen by the South Africans who were going through hell, the black South Africans that were going through hell, and also be witnessed by the white ones that this brother could play this game, you hear? So, um, I wanted him to win that game so bad, but he didn't, all right? Um, but he got to do the community service that he wanted to do, so much so that when um, Baba Mandela Mojuba came to the United States for the first time, he asked to meet Arthur Ashe, okay? He would also be on the boards of the professional, the ATP, the Association of Professional Tennis Players, where they would boycott the Summer Games of 1973 to be able to get better arrangements for uh, players, professional players who wanted to do that as a living. He would also, with a few other people, co-found and create the National Junior Tennis and Learning League, which introduced tennis to inner city schools via an after-school program. Yet in 1975, y'all gotta watch this match. You gotta watch this match. He won Wimbledon and beat Jimmy Connors' ass. Thank God, finally. Um, this is a cocky white man. They had beef history from a while back. And in order to beat him in the, this match, he had to play. He had to play a completely different game. Like how many of us, you've been playing this game one way um, your whole life. Yet in this match, you knew you had to completely turn your reflective motor skills off and go a completely different way. It's absolutely amazing, the match, and the fact that he was able to stay so calm, collected, and switch, and fluid, fluidity, switch his whole playing strategy in order to win. He won Wimbledon. It's an amazing match. It's epic. It's iconic. And, and it was good because 
he once again used that racket to speak. It was him defeating white fuckery and also showing the excellence that um, the black excellence that we that we have. Period. So uh, all of this or his playing career will come to an abrupt. And when he had a heart attack on the court, he would wear a. He would. He be also then would become um, an activist for heart health. You know, and, uh, heart disease awareness, all of those kind of things. He got his two operations. Living life all seems to be well, right? But it was the battles weren't over um, for Mr. Ash at that time. During one of his blood. During one of his surgeries, he received some tainted blood and he contracted AIDS, you know, full-blown out AIDS in one of his heart surgeries. And so eventually he had to go public about what happened and his story. And he would once again turn this into lemonade, creating and founding the Arthur Ashe Foundation for the defeat of AIDS. He would be very active in the AIDS um, organizations, um, speaking a lot on different type of boards. He wrote books, he wrote many articles. He was active up until his very death. And in 1997, to honor this man, they revealed or unveiled, excuse me, the Arthur Ashe Stadium, and this is one, this is the largest tennis stadium in the world, and it makes perfect sense because it is to honor a lot, it is to honor a larger than life man, and um, we just salute him, we salute the work, without him there would be no Venus or Serena, <laughs> you know, um, and of course without folks like Athena Gibson, there would be no him no, without Dr. Jack. It's just, whoo, his story was so amazing to me. And I just give thanks for all that he has done and all that. And the way that he did it, you know, not loud. Like he's like, no, that ain't my pace. I'm going to show you better than I can sell you. And so um, I appreciate uh, and, and give reverence. We have some powerful ancestors, y'all. We have some powerful ancestors y'all we stand on the shoulders of giants and um to reverence them and to continue their legacy is the just the the small the just light work this is what we're supposed to do so if you have any ancestors that you would like reference on the astro audio or on the altar please go down you see the ancestral call email we email me we can make this happen also, for any of y'all who have a cancer ancestor, a mother, a father, a sister, a brother, a loved one, a best friend who is no longer in the physical realm with us, they are ancestor. We salute their work. We honor them. We continue to grow from their love. And we say happy birthday, cancer! Yes, we are in cancer season, y'all. Welcome. Happy birthday, cancers. Happy birthday, cancers. Uh, I give thanks to the cancers. This is just, just this is what it is. I love this time of year. It is a purifying time of year. The waters are here. Uh, cancer rules. Let's get in all of the cancer juiciness. 
Cancer rules the dates from June 20 slash 21 to July 22nd slash 23rd. This is also the summer solstice. We talked about that um, a little bit in the Gemini podcast. But this summer solstice is literally when the sun is poured water on. So if the sun is getting poured water on, it understands why we are in our feelings, right? We are all in this emotional waters. I like to think of this season as a as a baptism. We are all being baptized. We're halfway through the Gregorian year. So it's a very much time where we have to sit in our emotions and, and really understand like what are we doing where are we going what do we want to do how are we feeling about um ourselves about life uh how do we want to take this emotional fuel and use it towards our divine purpose so what i want you to do is go to the documents right you'll see uh correspondence um poster (laughs) that's what we'll call it the correspondence poster that says cancer and it gives you all of these dope corresponding energies from the numbers to the tarot cards to the body parts to the houses all of those things are there underneath there there is a hyperlink that says documents click on those documents there i walk you through step by step how to receive retrieve your natal chart all right so you're gonna pause this go ahead take time to do that get that pulled up on your cell phone somewhere so while we talk you can go ahead and look and see what this applies to so we're going to start off the bat like i said this is a water sign the other water signs that are the sisters to cancer are um, Pisces and Scorpios. So this is your sister sign, Pisces and Scorpios, and these are the three waters, Cancer, Pisces, and um, Scorpio. (laughs) And out of the three waters, Cancer is the cardinal water. It is is the one that starts the season. This is the one that starts summer. This is the one where we get our first day of summer, the longest day of the year. You know, this is the longest day from the year. After that 21st or 20th, the summer solstice, our days are now getting shorter. The sun is baptized. It is poured water on and it will start to get shorter, shorter days until we get to fall. And then we'll start to really go into the underworld come fall. So, there is cardinal energies. This is the energy that is about getting things popping, getting things going, initiating things. Um, And so here, water symbolizes emotions again. So, this is a... Well, like I said before, this is the time where emotions are coming up to the surface so that way we can initiate the things, our divine purpose. So where does this all happen at? What is the area that this happens at? This happens in the fourth house. So look in your fourth house. Anything that's in your fourth house, everything that we're about to continue to discuss, this applies to that. So what area does the fourth house rule? It rules the home. It rules the home. 
And so I think it's interesting because, you know, it's the, like when it's dog ass summer, like people ain't really trying to be outside in the, in the heat of the day. Right. And I give thanks to all of my manual labors, um, laborers who have to be like I'm hearing buzz saws right now um, next door. And I'm just like they are. It's high noon right now. And they are out there working their ass off, sweating in this intense sun for us who are privileged enough to have jobs where we can decide whether we want to be in or out during the day um that means a lot we're able to find shelter um away from the sun uh at its highest moment in our home <laughs> you know in our home so this is a time where of course if you're feeling like you don't want to be out so much that's understandable it's cancer season it rules the home um, if you're finding that you're wanting to do a lot of renovations to your home this makes perfect sense it rules the home um, and I know I've been there, like, if you are, like, you know, summer cleansing, like, every time, those four times a year, there's usually our, our grandmothers, our grandfathers, it would be time to really bust down the house again in some way, doing your floor washes, you know, cleaning out clutter, like, reorganizing. If you're feeling a lot of that, makes perfect sense. This is the time to do it because cancer rules, what? The home. Um, cancer also rules... This is the house of the mother. This is the house of the mother. That's why I was like, it made perfect sense that Arthur Ashe was a cancer and that that, that it brought up emotions of my mother, who is an ancestor of just her, you know, my mother came t right away. Just like, oh, it's cancer season. Y'all, you about to feel me all this season. <laughs> so interesting things with your mother could be happening you you can be becoming a mother <laughs> during this time um you'll find yourself wanting to nurture things be around your family right now they say the mother or the nurturing parent um i remember last year we were able to honor one of the ascendants family's fathers who was a cancer and the that sister talked so much about how her father loved her so much. It was just a loving man, a loving spirit, had a lot of jokes, just a warm feeling. So for some people, their father may actually be the nurturing parent. Sometimes that happens where the, the father is the nurturing parent and the mother is more of the the trainer, you know? So whoever that nurturing parent is, this is where that um, happens. Yet it is considered the house of the mother, right? Uh, this is also the house of tradition. When we think about traditions and things that we've been doing for over 100 years, to become a tradition it has to be done over 100 years. It's an um, old little cute joke about baking a ham in a pan and how you had to cut off the butt of the ham um and it just everybody would do it been doing it been doing it been doing it and eventually someone was like well why do we cut off 
the butt of the ham. Why does we cut? Oh, and so they did the story, kept dugging up the story, and come to find out that the great, 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 whatever grandmother, she had a small pan, so she just had to cut it off to be for the ham to fit. And so that's how that tradition started, but yet it had become a tradition. So if you are looking into traditions, if you're wanting to start traditions in your family, this is a great time to do it. This is a great time to look at some of the traditions like that joke just or that story told. Sometimes we do things traditionally. We have no idea why they're getting done um, and they're not for the best or the, the growth of our legacy. And so this is a great time to analyze um, our traditions and find continue the ones that work for us and um, release the ones that don't. For instance, uh, there is the Ma'afa, which I'm going to have to add now. I'm thankful. Thank you. I share the ancestors like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> the Ma'afa, which uh, give reverence to our ancestors who survived and who jumped off the boat um, and who died, who transitioned during the Middle Passage, all right, which is the transatlantic slave trade. Uh, every July, around the 4th of July here um, in New Orleans, uh, Shea Cultural Center does a, has a tradition of doing a reverence ceremony for the ancestors. So we meet at Congo Square, which is an entity of itself. We dress in all white or light colors, and we do a procession to honor our ancestors and what they survived um, in order to come here. So that is a tradition that I participate in every year like clockwork of course if i'm here in new orleans but this happens in many different places so check out who is doing a ma'afa procession in your city um but traditions traditions so we'll be doing that tradition this year thank thank you ancestors for reminding me that please come out um if you can yes it's 7 a.m yes it's 7 a.m Yes, I said it. It's 7 a.m. You need to get your ass up. And it's on a Saturday. So you've been out all night, Friday night, dancing your ass off. You know, it's essence. Y'all been out here, you know, acting the ass with the folks that come in the city. And you need to wake yourself up and be at Congo Square at 7 a.m. We start a little later. You know how black folks is. But get there at least around like, you know, 7.30 before we start walking. Then you're going to have to find us, right? But come. Whatever time you can come, come. Set your alarm. Set a few alarms. This is reverence for our ancestors. Without them, we wouldn't be able Friday night to go shake our ass and be having a good time, okay? So raise up. Sacrifice your morning. Come do this. It's over around 11 o'clock. Get your ass back in the bed. You'll be ready for Saturday night, okay? Thank you. <laughs> um, what else does the fourth house govern? Uh, the roots of things, you know, our roots. Our roots, think about trees and how they spread their roots. What is the root of the matter? That's that's what that emotional cancer cardinal energy is asking for when it comes to these emotions that are coming up in the season. Be like, well, where what where did that come from? What is the root source of this emotion? Why am I feeling this? Great time. Great time to do this emotional work. So 
Now we get to the planet. Oh yes, the planet. And this is where I want to spend most of my time. The ruling planet for the fourth house is the moon. The moon, the moon. So if you look at your fourth house, for y'all that are looking right now, you look at your fourth house and it's empty. While a lot of us who uh, work with the stars and work with the earth, we consider if your fourth house is empty, you just don't have a lot of work to do in that area this lifetime. <laughs> that means you don't have a lot of work to do in that area this lifetime. So an empty fourth house, woohoo, great. These are things that, that that you pretty much got a good hold on, you know, mothering, nurturing, um, roots, family, tradition, spending time with your family, just to back up again this area. This is a great, 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 great time to really focus your attention on your family, whatever that may mean to you. A lot of us are orphans. Um, so for those of us like myself who are orphans, we have extended family, you know, we have, um, our created, our, our, our created family, you know, invest your time with them. I mean, you're not going to be running the street, but you might want to have people over your house. You might want to do dinner dates with people that you love. Do that. This is a great time to do that. Be with people and your, your created family as well as your above family. All right. We're rewind back in, back to the moon. So you don't have anything in that fourth house. You do have a moon. <laughs> you do have a moon. All of us are affected by cancer energy. So find out where your moon is. Your moon in your natal chart in astrology rules your emotive expression. This is how you express yourself. This is huge when it comes to wanting to better understand yourself and when it comes to better wanting to better understand those who you love you know someone who has a moon in Sagittarius you know I know they're always going to be emotionally really into high philosophy their emotions are going to trigger them to study trigger them to um, find out you know a philosophy behind their emotions traveling is a very strong trigger for someone who has a moon in Sagittarius um, for someone who has a moon in Leo you know this is going to be someone when creative expression is how they are going to let out their emotions romance is going to be how they you know let out their emotions working with children is going to be a very strong place where they're they're emotionally fed um that is you know a moon in cancer so find out where what energies you work with your moon works with this is very important to know more about your emotive self so the moon in itself is just absolutely fucking amazing a lot of astrologers a lot of star students will tell you you know, if I had one, if, if someone came up to me and was like, I want to start learning astrology, how do I do it? And I only had, I could only say one sentence. I could only say one sentence. Most people, or myself, I would say study the moon. Study the moon and you'll learn astrology. The moon, hmm, the moon 
what it does and I have an order that I kind of want to rock with and so I'm going to come back here and look at my notes and see where I want to yep just making sure I'm on the right track so what the moon does okay what the sun does in a year the sun 365 days spending 30 days in each sign each energy right spends 30 days in um aries then it spends 30 days in taurus then it spends 30 days in um gemini then it spends 30 days in cancer okay and so forth and so on that 30 days is where we get our 360 degrees and it takes a year for the sun to do a revolution okay what <laughs> what takes a year for the sun, the moon does in a month. Yeah, just sit with that. Just sit with that for a second. I'm going to let that seep in. I'm going to say it again. What what the sun what what the sun does, what what it takes. I'm gonna look, I can't even get it out cuz it still amazes me. Um what the sun does in a year, the moon does in a month. What, is, what the sun does in a year, the moon does in a month. So the moon is very, very fast. And every time I say that, I think about growing up and you would hear the elders um, being like, ooh, that, that girl, she's so fast. She's so fast. I'm a little fast ass. Oh, she's, she's a fast little girl. And um, studying the moon puts a whole nother spin on that, where it's like she's a moon child. She is embodying what the moon does. So the moon goes and visits every, every energy, all 12 energies, all 12 signs in a month. So if you want to know what these energies feel like, study the moon. She spends three days, two to three days in each sign. So that is why in a month we go through so many emotions, right? That is why even in a day, because a day we experience this in a day as well, we go through so many emotions. That is because the moon is equipped to deal with that many energies in a month. This to me, really I'm going to speak on polyamory for a second, um, is why anyone who wants to do polyamorous, that means love many, nurture many, be with many, they have to have strong feminine energy. They have to have strong feminine energy. If someone came to me, and I'm saying feminine energy because you can have a man who has, who is very in-depth, very connected to their feminine energy, an embodied man, you know what I'm saying? You could have an embodied woman who is completely disconnected to her feminine energy, all right? And that woman would not be qualified to love many. You will find that they will be very jealous of their friend, people's friendships, you know? Um, be very jealous of people getting a co-workers. It just, it, people who are not in tune with their feminine energy, um, have a lot of jealousy and possessive qualities, okay? Those who are in, in, in depth with their feminine energy, they are willing to share. 
<laughs> that is what a mother does. They're willing to nurture many things. They can multitask. So when it comes to polyamory, when it comes even to polygamy, when we look back at our ancient teachings, it was women who had multiple lovers. It was women who had multiple lovers. It was the feminine energy who could deal with multiples because the, by birthright, by being connected with the moon, that is what we do. <laughs> that is what we do. And so as we paradigm shift in um, this world with gender roles and um, relationships, Please, I'm, I'm asking um, our feminine and rich folks to stand up for those type of relationships. They are ready to return. It can probably will move slowly, but these relationships that are um, about love and sharing in love are ready to come back to the forefront, and it is. It is mandated and required for it to be led by feminine energy. It is the only energy that can do it. Like I said, masculine energy moves slower. It just moves slower. I'm not putting pinning them up against each other by no means at all. I love the energy of the sun. If the sun went away right now, forever, we would have some very serious issues, vice versa, if the moon, but they play their part. And by astronomy, looking at the actual revolutions and the rotations that they do, the moon, our emotions are meant to be multifaceted, okay? Just leave that there, drop it down. Now, let's talk about the phases of the moon, all right? The phases goes from birth to death. So in that month, that moon is also experiencing phases, starting off being reborn, which we call a new moon, and then going to death, which is called the dark moon, the few days before the new moon, and does this all over the cycle once a month. So not only is it changing from energy to energy, it's also changing its relationship to the sun every single day, changing its phases, literally every month going from a rebirth to a death. This happens with the sun. We call it the seasons, but that happens four times in a year. The moon does this every single month <laughs> it's amazing um and it's also very important for you to know where what what phase the moon is when you were born what phase was the moon in when you were born this says a lot about your emotional quality and your nurturing um how you sit emotionally in the world. Um, for instance, I was born in a dark moon. I was born in a waning moon. Um, so this has, a, for me, what it says a lot about is that um, <laughs> I deal with a lot of the unseen things. I deal with a lot of transmuting energy. I deal with the shifts 
the the and even with my emotions a lot of times those things happen in in mysterious ways even up to myself it's like wow i was just doing that now i feel this way um this is also your moon phase that you were born on is a very powerful moon for you to do magic work for you to work with that moon that's your that's literally your moon you know <laughs> that phase of the moon so those of y'all who are born on a crescent you know what i'm saying that's your moon for you that are actually born in a new moon these that that even amplifies the energy for you of that 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 phase so the way that you can find out what um moon phase was happening when you were born is you can just simply go to google and say moon phase calendar for whatever month and year you know so it would be like moon phase calendar for february 1972 moon phase uh calendar for august 1884 you know what i'm saying things of that and you just go ahead and you google that and it'll bring you up a calendar that shows the moon phases look for your actual date and that's your moon and study that study that phase even if you're like hey i don't really want to learn a lot about if you just get to know that phase that will definite and work with that phase knowing that phase is coming every month and do magic with that moon you'll see some extreme changes happen in your life and so i want to also talk a little bit about the dark moon phase especially um it's sensitive it's it's very um important to me being that it is my phase moon my birth phase moon uh it is the time where the moon rests um a lot of times you'll see, you'll hear about this thing the moon going void of course kind of going off of its course doing a little things different a lot of um mythology about the dark moon is because for those three days the dark like the moon has disappeared no one knows where it is so there's a lot of stories that it, during the dark moon phase this would be the time that the moon would isolate herself so that she could just be with herself you have to understand she's went to talk to every 12 energy all 12 signs at the end of the month you kind of like well damn all right i handled everybody i dealt with them you know what i'm saying taurus is doing good we had our talk i you know talked to capricorn capricorn's doing good virgo had a lot to say you know what i'm saying i dealt with everybody i need a break I need to deal with myself because I have to go back and do it all over again in a few days. So uh, this is where the moon would disappear. A lot of folks would say she would be taking care of herself. Other mythology said this is where she goes and she meets with the sun and makes love with the sun. She goes to see her daddy. You know what I'm saying? Goes to go see her man. Goes to go see her king like what it is. You know what I'm saying? Let's do this real quick because I need that energy so I can go ahead and do this all over again. Energetically, we have dark moon phases uh, in our lives. We have them every 14 years. Every 14 years, you go to, through a dark moon phase in your life where things are just, they can seem very challenging, right? It almost feels like depression. It almost feels like depression. Because with depression, it's kind of like, ain't no coming back from this. I can't see you know, this, this happening, um, 
you know, depression, I'm trying to describe depression. For those of y'all who have been depressed, we know what it feels like, right? But those of us who y'all are blessed who have never experienced depression, I'm trying to find the right words to, it's, it's, um, it's a, it's a, it's a no, a no hope. There's, there's just like this no coming back from it kind of feeling where a dark moon phase can feel very similar, but what it's missing is that lack of hope, you know, it's kind of like you feel dark moons come and they strip at least the way my, I've experienced my dark phase moons, they come to strip. It's like an eclipse. They come to change. They come to dissolve. They come to wipe away. They come to remove everything. And it's almost like you don't relate to your passions. It could be something you were very passionate about. And then all of a sudden, you have no desire to do any of that. All the things you, you feel detached from your purpose. The thing about a dark moon phase is that you know, it's like this this knowing that things are about to be good though in a little bit. It's about to change in a little bit. Something's about to happen because you can feel the new moon pulling on you in a few more days. And really it's two years, our dark moon phase. Every 14 um, years, we have two years where we go through a dark moon phase period. And... Um, you can feel the new moon. You can feel like, oh my goodness, I'm going through a, a, a rebirth. It's a snake shedding its skin where you know like, oh wow, I can feel the newness that is coming. All right. Um, and that is is a very interesting time in our lives. That's a very interesting time in the month. So the way that we can start tapping into what that phase feels like for us is getting in with the moon calendar and seeing when the dark moon phases are going to happen. That is like the last three days before the new moon. Um, and start feeling what that feels like for you every month. How do you feel when that dark moon phase happens in every month? To know that it's going to happen uh, every 14 years is really interesting. I went back and did the calculations in my astrology and I found out that every every 14 years that that happened, um, when the first time the 14 years happened, I was four years old. Um, that was my new, I was, I was two-ish and my, my brother had died of SIDS. Um, that was a really hard time for my family. My father went on coke and my mother became even more religious so cokehead and a, a religious zealot you, <laughs> that's war in the home and witnessing that from a two-year-old was very very challenging and losing a brother you know at two years old to sids i remember that morning like it was yesterday it will always be with me and so to do some of that research in astrology i was able to find out wow that was when I was going through a dark moon phase. In two years, it would be my new moon phase, and I moved to Virginia, um, and that's where I was raised. And so to see these applied in life, your life phase, the next time that would happen, my mother would transition. Um, my mother transitioned, and I went through the dark moon phase while I was taking care of her. She transitioned, and then I'm back now. I had to go back to Virginia to take to be with my mother in that time, and now I'm back here in New Orleans. Um, and so if, if that repeats itself in another 14, I'll be dealing with another death. 
you know what I'm saying? And hopefully not a physical one, but so far it's shown that it has been physical, but maybe this time it can be, um, you know, more of a, an emotional death. And then it'll be this new transition in my life. This is where working with astrologers is amazing because sitting down with someone, they'll be able to tell you when your new moon phases are happening in life and when your dark moon phases are happening in life. So that way, when this energy <laughs> starts to come, it's like, oh, okay, I'm being prepared for greatness. My mother gave me the greatest gift she could in death you know what i'm saying even in transition she was still my teacher oh and representing and honoring of the mothers for cancer season right so um getting to know these phases is very important just touching on that a little bit so we're still with the moon and a lot is happening with the moon. So every year we have a north node and a south node of the moon. And that lets us know what we're supposed to be focusing on, putting our directions towards moving forward. And the south node is what we have come from, what we're used to. The energy that's not really supposed to get a whole bunch of attention this year is just in play. Um, and our north and south nodes that I've talked about before, but we will rediscuss here. Our north, our north node is in Cancer this year. Our south node is in Capricorn this year. So this year we are learning to balance work and home. Work and home. The south node is Capricorn. Capricorn is on, everybody is feeling legacy building everybody is feeling what do i have to do to make sure that i am great in life and that my children's 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 children will be fine what does legacy build capricorn is home it's in its domicile it's in saturn saturn and capricorn it'll be there until may 2020 capricorn don't need no help from us if you are not you may not be doing the things but it is definitely a strong influence on all of us up until that moment so not necessarily something that we need to give a whole bunch of energy into it's just at play that north node though which is in cancer is where we are to grow into a lot of us especially in the west we are addicted we are addicted to work we are addicted to work okay the it's not all of us some of y'all are great, and I remember I used to be much better. I used to have a very much a good balance of work and play, right? Um, but somewhere that changed, and it's just like, work, 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 work. Let me see you work, work, like, just working. And so this North Node Cancer um, phase, the part of the moon, is saying, how do, are you taking care of yourself, baby? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you nurturing yourself? Are you loving yourself? Because if it's no you, then you can't work. If you're not taking care of yourself, there is no spirit to do the purpose. And so we're having a very strong influence on us nurturing ourselves, nurturing our families this year. And that is where our focus should be, right? The work is gonna happen. The work is going to get done. We are machines of productivity here in the West. No need for that. We're going to get up and go to the work and pay these bills. But are we taking our baths? 
Are we using our salves? Are we working with the earth? Are we out playing? Are we resting? Are we resting? When's the last time you rested? I think it comes to mind because DJ Chanwa in relation to Ascendance um, was had just been talking like I have been busting my ass. I have been busting. I've been working non 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 stop. And it wasn't really until we got into Cancer season that he was like, oh. Finally, you know what I'm saying? I can rest a little. And like, there's many people I know for me, it's like we have those clusters where it's like, okay, I'm gonna be nonstop for the next three weeks. When you know you have those weeks coming, when you know you have those moments coming, pregame and endgame, right? How can you prepare yourself for these? Um, I have someone. Pulling up to my driveway. Why are people doing that? And I'm talking. And, and I think it's my goddaughter's grandmother. But I'm going to keep talking until that happens. I might have to pause y'all and come back. But um, how do you program? How do you um, prepare yourself for the, that type of work? How do you prepare yourself for that type of work? How do you take your tools with you during weeks like that? Um, whatever those things may be. You know, if you're traveling, there's textiles that you like. There may be a certain type of comforting coat or blanket or something. How do you nurture yourself while you're busting your ass? Um, these are very important things to, to, to honor. Um... And so that is a, a huge part of what's going on. I'm going to speak of some coping skills right now. One of my favorite is flower essences. Um, I talked about it a little bit last year. I have a hyperlink um, to Ascension Art. She uh, sells flower essence. She's a flower essence practitioner. I myself too am a flower essence practitioner. And we have one other in the city too that I need to get their information and I may come back there and put that up as well. But you can definitely work with Eleni, hyperlink right there. You can work with myself and you can work with the flowers that nature has given us. What do you mean work with flowers that nature has given us? Well, flower essences in short, simple terms is a form of homeopathy. Flowers are the, their only purpose is to give beauty, is to shed positive light. And I have to pause. Fuck. <laughs> That's funny, y'all. It was the grandmother. It was my goddaughter's grandmother who came to give us tickets, this uh, dance recital that's happening this evening for my goddaughter, uh, which is right on par to cancer season. A grandmother, a nurturing woman coming to take care of her family, making sure that all of us will get the tickets to be able to get there to see um, and nurture her performance uh, right on time. Um, well, I was talking about flower essences and that flowers are here, literally their sole purpose is to bring beauty to this world. They have no other function. We have other things, you know, seeds, fruits, vines, roots. These, the flowers are here to literally give positivity. So this form of homeopathy, uh, practitioner uh, creates, I like to think of them as holy waters, flower waters, flower power. They create these flower holy waters, or we <laughs> create these flower holy waters 
that you can take like a tincture. The interesting thing about flower essences is that their sole purpose, their sole purpose is to work on the emotional body. Their sole purpose is to work on the emotional body. There are not many forms of medicine, divine medicine, that its sole function is to work on the emotional bodies. You can take a herb, it's going to work on the physical body, and the physical body is going to cause more better health that will cause higher vibrations in the emotions and the spirit. And a lot of times, it is the spirit, you know, getting tainted that causes dis-ease. So if you can go straight to the emotional body, straight to the spirit body, boom, you know what I'm saying? And that is what flower essences do. Each flower has its own um, magic. For instance, the cacao is uh, the flower of chocolate and that flower is all about self-love, right? Um, we also have, what are some of my other favorite ones? We have um, bamboo orchid. Bamboo orchid is a flower about living your truth, living in your divine purpose. Um, we have, uh, give me, uh, the water hyacinth has been coming up a lot. Um, and that is uh, about dissolving pain and flooding the body with nurture and love. So it makes sense that that flower has been coming up a lot. Um, and that's what they do. Literally, you take these, you take it like a tincture. That's one way, but you can put them in a spray bottle. You could take them in a bath. You can put them inside of, if, especially the creators who make lotions and make body butters and things of that. Nice shout out to Gypsy. You know, these, um, they can put these essences in their sprays, put these essences in um, your concoctions that you're going to put on your body or wherever, <laughs> and they will have the essence of this flower. And what it does is it literally floods the body with the positivity and therefore it pushes out the negativity. So in the sense of cacao, right? If somebody, um, or, and it's perfect on time, on par with this cancer season, if you are struggling with loving yourself, nurturing yourself, um, everybody comes before you. Um, everything else comes before you. Uh, challenges with esteem. You know, just feeling down. Fuck. Like about, you know, yourself. Like not taking care of yourself. Cacao would be one to reach for. Because what it's going to do is flood the body with self-love. Flood the body with nurturing. Flood the body with care and flush out and dissolve negligence, dissolve um, pessimistic thought, dissolve, you get what I'm saying? And so these are amazing tools. You will see me sometimes around and I'm just dropping something in my mouth like, what you doing? I'm taking my flower essences so that way I, my emotional body can stay attuned to what's going on around me. This is great, 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 oh, mimosa. That's what's one that I wanted to talk about. Mimosa, literally the leaves close up when they're touched. And it's this beautiful pink flower. And this is a great flower for sensitive beings. It's literally called sensitive plants. So 
overall this medicine is good for empathic people people who feel everything those of y'all who go out in the world and you are hearing and feeling all the conversations around you then this can bring anxiety this is a great tool to have in your medicine pouch because especially mimosa you will go ahead um and and take that and it brings in a form of protection it floods the body with protection it, fl it floods the body with fortified energy and removes um the energy of being all over the world self right it dissolves the energy of being tied to so many spirits when you go out in the world that is an amazing um flower to work with for sensitive empathic folks flower essences in general we're all empathic and this is a great great tool to add to your box so get with either myself um or ascension art and we can go ahead and get you into some of those flower essences another thing i want to highlight is breast wellness because cancer rules the breasts that is the body rules the digestion and the stomach um and so breast massages Breast wellness is huge. We have a dope um, system called the lymphatic system. And it is pretty much like our self-cleansing. Like when you put the refrigerator on self-cleanse or like well, it's our self-cleansing mechanism. Um, it only works though when we move. So every time we're moving... That is when the lymphatic system is saying, okay, I can clean the body. I can take, um, just learn about the lymphatic system. It's amazing. It's also why like when people are bedridden, the nurse has to come in and change them from side to side. That is about bed sores, but it's also to make sure that their lymphatic system is doing at least something. Um, and this, and we need our lymphatic system to cleanse our body. If we didn't have one, we would just become a septic tank, period. Well, this lymphatic system is everywhere in our body except one place, and that is the breast. The breast tissue has all this beautiful fat tissue. Um, you know, our certain breasts are made, women's breasts are made to, to bring pleasure, but also they turn into sources of substance to feed our, our offspring, our newest generations. And so we have to have all that fat there to make sure that we can conduct that milk. So no lymph system is happening there. No, no movement. Um, well, I won't say no movement, but nothing is happening there. So what that means is that our breasts are one of the places that we have to manually cleanse. We have to manually cleanse our breasts. So the ways that we used to do that in back in the G is that we didn't wear any bras. <laughs> we didn't wear any bras. So that way our, our cleansing would ha actually happening dur during the day. If we were dancing, our breasts were swinging right with us. If we were, and speaking of dancing, um, I have a hyperlink here to the Titty Bop, which uh, is a New Orleans song in a form of dance where you shake your breasts, you shake your titties. Um, and this is not anything new. Um, if, if anything, why we're here, most of us are here. We have been attracted to this city because it's really one of the um, only cities in the United States that still have cultural reverence to our ancient indigenous cultures. So every form of dance, um, like bounce, punta, and the garifuna, um, 
you know, belly dancing. All of us had dances where we were shaking vigorously our ass and shaking vigorously our breasts. Um, it wasn't until uh, foreigners came out and tried to deem that as um, dirty. But we have always known that these are wellness dances. These are fertility dances. These are dances that bring and evoke feminine health. Um, so bouncing, oh yeah, if you've ever been to a burlesque show, you know they'll get the tw um, pasties on with the tassels and get things rolling. This is all, it, it, it can never leave us because it is something that we should be doing, right? So dance um, is very important. And so put that song, I literally say put that song on and, and bop them titties. You know what I'm saying? Or I also have a hyperlink there to breast massages where you can take after watching the video, find a natural oil that you love and go ahead and make a ritual of massaging your breasts. So often the breasts are either there to bring pleasure or to bring food. And then when we do check them, we're usually checking for cancer, <laughs> right? And not the zodiac sign. And so it's very few times that self-touch from ourselves are touching our breasts and just saying thank you. Let me just love on you. Let me just let me just massage you. Let me just see what's going on. So look at that video and start doing um, breast massages. And that's because now in the West, we have allowed the constructs of which we taught them how to. Anyway, I'm not even going to go on that. But we've allowed them to put us in things like girdles and corsets and bras, um, which that is just not really of our indigenous culture. And that's because it restricts, it causes breast congestion. And the breast cannot cleanse itself being up in a bra like that. Um, and that is where we start to get a lot of our um, onsets of cancers and lumps and things of that nature. Everybody's not ready to not wear bras, but if you are, stop wearing them. Your breasts will thank you for it. Your health will thank you for it. If you're not ready to not wear bras anymore, even going to bras that do not have an underwire will serve a great, great purpose in your breast wellness. That underwire on your on your chest creates a very strong indentation and allows for the breast to not move and therefore um, creates once again that breast con congestion. Um, so those are a little bit of a tidbits. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. No, that's about it. So um, breast wellness, y'all. Breast wellness and cancer wants us to, to get on our breasts. And this is not... Um, excluded to uh, female embodied people, women, you know, men do the same thing. You have less fat there than we do, but you still do. Men, men do get breast cancer as well. So massage your chest, massage your, your, yourself. There's also um, Mayan abdominal massages, uh, which are amazing. There's classes where you can learn how to do self-abdominal massages. There are techniques like Indigenous Mama. She teaches those online where you can learn how to do abdominal, Maya abdominal massages. Uh, these are awesome to make sure that we're keeping our um, stomach, our solar plexus, as well as our womb health, our reproductive health and alliance. And these are all parts of the body that cancer 
rules. So now let's jump in before we head out into our new moon um, magic, new moon magic, new moon magic, new moon magic. Um, a lot of it's really just going to be a recap. Uh, we have a new moon on July 2nd. This is a solar plex, uh, solar plexus, see? This is, it is a solar plexus, but <laughs> it's a solar eclipse, um, and this is happening in Cancer. So in each month, the or yeah, in each month, in each season, that season gets a new moon. You get one, one, each zodiac sign gets one new moon and one full moon a year. This happens, the new moon happens while it's in its season. So this new moon, of course, will be in Cancer. And this new moon is correlating with a solar eclipse, a total solar eclipse. We won't be able to see it from here, but I know you can tap into like NASA and tap into some other people who will be filming it live and find out where it, I mean, and, and get to see it. Honestly, I got to see one three years ago. When did that happen? It happened on August 21st. Um, and it happened, I got to go to Memphis, Nashville to see it. Um, but this one is, if you, whenever you can see one, you should definitely see it. This is happening in Chile, Argentina. Um, and it's happening over the waters too, which I think a lot of it is happening literally over the waters, which I, um, I'm grateful for, you know, I feel like, cause solar eclipses or eclipses in general are all about endings and new beginnings. So completions and new beginnings, endings, new starts. And so, and where it travels over, whoever gets it to, it usually has something to do with that place in the land. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens in Argentina, um, uh, in the next few years now that they've experienced that eclipse you know and in cancer so that's happening <laughs> and it's amazing once again this north node is it's a north node vibe so this can't this moon is really about us nurturing ourselves spending time with ourselves and spending times with our loved ones okay people that we actually care about uh this moon will be a little active ironically even though it's more like i want to stay home this moon you'll actually want to be with people um but you want to be in p environments that feel good environments that feel like they're nurturing yourself um let me see what's happening so what's sextile oh the moon is sextiling uranus uranus is that aquarius energy right so while we're out and while we're with people we'll find that there are a lot of um we may have a, like a lot of opportunities that are pop up out of nowhere when we some very interesting eclectic new folks we might be introduced to some eclectic new ideas things that we really weren't ever thinking that would be for us that somehow we get exposed to and we're open to because this is a new moon um this is a great time to do rituals so the way the new moons work is you sow your seed in the new moon and you get your progress report in the full moon right so you get to see what's kind of happened so this is the time to do way i was trained everybody this the way that i was trained the way that i was exposed and learned this energy this is a great time to be 
doing spiritual work around the new moon. It's like my energy is fading towards the end, y'all. Bear with me. Hold on. We almost there. <laughs> so this is a great time to be doing um, great energy. This is a very powerful moon. If you want to learn more about it, I have a hyperlink there. You can go into it, see the actual chart, see a lot of the um, aspects that are happening. And the full moon, on we have a full moon on July 16th, and that is in Capricorn. This is the south node. And I'm calling this moon, a, this is the serious moon, all right? So I did a little bit of reading up and kind of seeing what's going on with this moon. And um, she's going to hit the fan with this moon. A lot around um, ignorant as fuck as patriarchy, you know what I'm saying? Like people doing a lot of lies <clears throat> that were told, a lot of things that were done in the shadow especially around um, masculinity um, that is masculine energy that is not using their power correctly a lot of things are going to come up around that there's just it's just this moon on the 16th in Capricorn is just very very serious um, and very masculine as well so this moon where, you know, normally full moons, we're like, yeah, somebody hit the street. This full moon, you actually will find it. It's the opposite. You find out that you actually may not want to go anywhere that full moon. You know what I'm saying? You kind of may not really want to do anything, um, but you may have to. And so if you are having to be out around that energy, um, definitely in the evening, but also just working during the day, notice there, there, there will be conflict. And a lot of it will be coming from... Uh, Fuck-ass men. Fuck-ass masculine energy. Let me be very clear because, like I said, there's, like, plenty of people who move more with their masculine energy. So, people who move in with fuck-ass masculine energy, you might have some conflict there, right? But please, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. So, you're just like, okay. And you can watch them. And also, certain people really may get the wool or the rug pulled from under them this full moon. You've been operating really messed up for a very long time. And it ceases at this time. I'm trying to see what else is going on. What is cool, though, is that this is a very, not a good, necessarily a moon to do a lot of action around like like oh i'm gonna do this and if i do this this will be happening this is a time to feed the spiritual self the spiritual self will bring finances the the spiritual pursuits will bring abundance this is a time to really work with neptune energy because saturn will be sextiling and venus will be trying neptune so neptune is the star of the full moon and neptune is uh hollywood hollywood so this is a great time to daydream this is a great time to be doing some fan fantasy work um for those of y'all who do creative expressions around um pilot like visual cinema um creative uh worlds people that do art that literally people are brought into your world this is a great time to work on things like that um and not so much to be really in the practical day-to-day -day living on the 16th but if you want to learn more about that moon please i have a hyperlink read more up on it and i want to say we'll go real tiptoe real quick into the transits and the aspects so aspects and transits transits are how the planets are moving and working with other planets um 
uh, aspects are how they're literally talking to each other. So in the transits and the aspects for July, on the 1st, Mars enters Leo, which I am very excited about <laughs> because literally Mars is a planet of war. Mars is a planet of assertion, aggression, of getting things done. Um, and it's been in cancer. So the focus has been on getting things done for yourself, getting things done for your home, getting things done nurturing yourself but it's very much um a place that cancer i'm not cancer that mars doesn't necessarily want to be right it doesn't want to be in the water this is a fire ass planet one of the hottest planets we have and it's literally being soaked in water so um it's it's a beautiful energy i love that energy because we get to focus on cancer qualities like we just said yet um when it moves into a fire sign like leo we'll be able to start getting if you've been trying to work on projects and just really haven't had the energy really haven't been able to get it done because it wasn't the focus now with mars moving into leo our creative expression is literally the focus our children are literally the focus. romance pleasure Fun is literally the focus and we'll be aggressive about it. And that happens on the first. On the third, we have Venice, Venus entering Cancer. So this is once again brings us back with the influence of beautifying our nurturing ourselves. Everything is once again pointing to nurturing ourselves, pointing to redoing our homes, decorating our house, repairing our homes, making our temples. We have a temple, which is our body. So making our temple, which is our body, the best place that we can live in and also making our temple, which is our home, the best place that we can live in. Um, Mercury enters... <clears throat> A retrograde in Leo on the 9th. So Mercury retrogrades are literally when the planet starts to slow down and reverts its um, direction. It reverses this direction that it spins. This is a good time, excuse me, to work to do work again for yourself. This may be a great time to clean out your closet, get organized with your computer files, in, in a sense, because what happens is Mercury rules communication. So when it's in retrograde, this is a not the time, the best time to communicate with other folks. It is all about communicating with yourself, going into yourself, dealing with the things that you need to do, your self-value, your possession, your mind, your mental state, you know what I'm saying? The things that you... Um, yeah, your mental state. This is a time to go in and comb the mind and get rid of what no longer serves you and focus on yourself. Traveling, um, dealing, closing big deals, um, you know, going all over the place. Things you may find that you're having hiccups with that and that's because it's in retrograde. This is not really the time to be focusing on those things. It is the time to be focusing on yourself and your, your mental wellness. That happens on the 9th. Um, it enters Cancer on the 19th, so it keeps going backwards where it was in Leo. Now it moves all the way back into Cancer, and then it goes direct on the 31st, meaning that it stops again, it slows down, it stops, and it starts to spin the way that it normally spins, meaning that all can go back to normal. You can start working on projects with folks again. You'll have your community, you'll have your communication skills 
uh, well equipped with you to be able to talk, to be able to close the deal, to be able to handle the information on the 31st. There is a shadow period and that doesn't end until the 15th. So that is when the Mercury is completely out of his shadow. Its turn is going direct. Now all systems are a go. That happens on August 15th. And that is the whole cycle of a retrograde that I just explained. And then on the 23rd, we have the sun entering Leo. Happy birthday to the Leos. We will see you next season and get it on and popping. Um, and then on the 28th, Venus enters Leo. So Venus now, um, that was focused on doing all of the beautifying ourselves, beautifying our homes because it was in cancer and now moves to Leo and is back in self-creation. So this is going to be um, creative expression. That's what I meant to say. So come the whatever day that was, the 28th, this is going to be a great time for our artists, the artists inside of all of us to be able to really get some things going. It'll also be a romantic time as well. You may meet someone that you're very attracted to on the 28th. Um... And, you know, children, have fun, pleasure, you know what I'm saying? Maybe be a great time to do something with the kids, go have a, a family trip. So I really hope that this uh, served you and has blessed you. You've walked away learning a little bit more about cancer energy. Um, I have to, before we leave, give uh, reverence. I can't believe I didn't do that to the goddesses. Oh, my God. To the divine mothers, the mother of the night, the, the mothers of the day. Um, we give thanks to Yemoya. Um, she is the divine mother. This is all about nurturing. The moon is all about mother energy. Um, so Yemoya, we have um, Aset, which is Isis in the Kemetic. And uh, we have uh, Echel, which is the moon goddess for the Mayan um, people. Whatever moon goddesses that you have in your culture, this is their season. This is their time. So appease these energies if that is your work. Um, for those of y'all who work with angels, I believe the angel is... Let me look for it. Angel, angel, goddesses. Stay with me, y'all. Gabriel. So for those who work with angels, Gabriel is the angel um, to work with in this season. And this is just a very, very powerful time to reverence the waters, go take a beach trip, um, go be with the waters, take the bath, do your flower essences, work with these waters. The waters are here to purify us. For those of y'all who walk every day with this purifying energy, literally without you, we wouldn't have mothers, we wouldn't have traditions, we wouldn't have homes, we wouldn't have families, we wouldn't have roots, we wouldn't have roots, we wouldn't have roots of the culture. Where, where cultures are built from the roots, you know, of a community. So we give thanks for cancer energy. We give thanks for the divine mother that walks with y'all all the time. We give thanks for the mothers. We give thanks for the mothers. We give thanks for the mothers. Happy birthday, cancers. We love you. We love you so much. We will see you at Ascendance. Enjoy yourselves until then. And we will keep it going at Ascendance and for the rest of the season. All right, peace. Under the moon and over the sky